Life is a journey of exploration, learning, and growth. Basically, the world is full of fascinating stuff. Join me, Aristides Marousas, as I uncover interesting facts and discuss big ideas on stuff explained from the Motley Experience. Experience your world. There's something refined about a scotch whiskey. Not sure what it is. I don't know if it's from the movies, uh, but there's definitely something very appealing to me and many people out there about sitting down and enjoying a bit of scotch or whiskey on the rocks, straight, or with a splash of water. On this episode of Stuff Explained, we're going to delve into whiskey. What, what is it? What is that composition of whiskey? What is its history? And just explore some of the interesting facts behind this very much beloved spirit. What is whiskey? Well, whiskey is a liquor produced by the distillation of a fermented mash. The mash is this mixture of grain, water, and yeast that is fermented to produce the alcohol. The grain can be sourced from barley, corn, rye, or wheat. The grains are crushed, water is added, and the mixture is boiled and cooked. Yeast is then added, which creates alcohol as a byproduct through the eating of the sugars present in the mash. The distillation process then helps separate the alcohol through boiling the fermented liquid, which is called the wash. The alcohol is vaporized and these vapors are collected and cooled. The process is then repeated, which increases the strength of the alcohol. Most whiskey is either double or triple distilled. The resulting liquid is then typically stored in wooden barrels, sometimes with coloring and flavor additives for a certain amount of years. As alcohol enters the barrel, it tends to be clear and a bit flavorless. The longer the time spent in the barrel, the more flavor is absorbed by the liquor. The flavor will vary depending on the wood used in the barrel. So then, where did whiskey come from? It's still up for debate as to whether whiskey originated in Ireland or Scotland. In either case, it was likely Christian monks who spread the practice of distillation to those areas around the 12th century. There are some theories that suggest the ancient Celts had some knowledge of distillation already. The distilled alcohol was called aqua vita, the Latin translation for iscabaja, or water of life. It was at first used for medicinal purposes as an antiseptic for sterilization and treatment of certain maladies. Barley beer and whiskey became very popular in northern Europe as there was low access to grapes and wine, which were what were traditionally used for distillation. Whiskey production eventually shifted to the masses when King Henry VIII of England dissolved the monasteries. Monks were forced to find new ways to make a living, and unsurprisingly, distillation could be very profitable. The English malt tax, were jumping ahead a bit, to 1753, imposed harsh taxes on unlicensed alcohol breweries, which led to the creation of countless secret distilleries that would work at night to hide the smokes from their fires. This is where the term moonshine came from. Because of the shortage of whiskey, trading in it became a form of currency during the American Revolutionary War. 
a bit ironically, the United States would also end up taxing whiskey. An excise tax on domestically produced distilled spirits was put in place in 1791. As whiskey was the most popular spirit, the tax became known as the whiskey tax. Farmers were the most agitated by this as they would distill their surplus grains into whiskey. The unrest led ultimately to the Whiskey Rebellion. This rebellion peaked in July of 1794 after President Washington sent a militia of around 13,000 men out west to challenge any resistance. Thomas Jefferson would eventually pledge to repeal the whiskey tax if elected President of the United States, and in 1801, he fulfilled his campaign promise. Unfortunately for the UK, it took until 1823 for them to enable the legalization of whiskey production. This rejuvenated the industry and led to innovation in the manufacturing process that would create much more reliable and higher quality product. In the 1880s, the French brandy industry was decimated by the Phylloxera pest infestation, which destroyed vast amounts of vineyards. This led to an increase in demand for whiskey across Europe. Distilleries in the U.S. became illegal during the period of Prohibition, which was between 1920 and 1933, and this ban on alcohol led to the rise in American moonshine makers, as well as organized criminal organizations who manufactured, imported, and sold whiskey and other illegal beverages in the United States. Medicinal whiskey, however, was an exception if prescribed by a doctor and sold through a licensed pharmacy, and in large part because of this, the pharmacy chain Walgreens was able to expand from 20 to nearly 400 stores during this time. After Prohibition ended, the popularity of liquors and spirits rose, whiskey in particular. And today, whiskey continues to be immensely popular across the world. Stay up to date on all the latest content and announcements from The Motley Experience by visiting themotleyexperience.com forward slash connect then enter your email address and become a member of the Insider Weekly Newsletter. Experience your world. Retcon Industries provides tailor-made music for professional wrestling, podcasts, trailers, and more, while also releasing their own original music. I personally have used Retcon Industries for professional wrestling, and also for this podcast. All the music you hear in this podcast is by Retcon Industries. For more information, go to www.retconindustries.com or email my good friend Greg at retcongreg at gmail.com. You can also visit them on Facebook and Instagram at Retcon Industries. So if you're even just a little bit familiar with whiskey, you've probably noticed that there's several different types out there on the market. And what we're going to do now is just quickly explain those. So there are two spellings for whiskey just to start off with, one with an EY at the end and one with just a Y. The whiskey spelling with an EY is what is used in Ireland and the United States. Whiskey with just a Y was actually the original spelling and is currently used as the Scotch spelling, as well as in Canada and Japan. Now, this difference comes from Irish distillers some time ago wanting to differentiate their products from those in Scotland, and they actually produced a pamphlet where they specifically added the E just to create and cement that separation. Now, onto the different types of whiskey. So we have scotch, and that's made from a malted barley aged in oak barrels for at least three years, 
and no additives are allowed except for water and caramel coloring. It can only be called scotch if it is made exactly this way in Scotland. Irish whiskey is made much the same way as scotch, is aged for at least three years in wooden barrels, and must be made in Ireland. Bourbon is made from a mash of at least 51% corn and after distillation must be aged in an unused charred oak barrel. It also must be made in the United States. Tennessee whiskey is essentially bourbon that is made in the state of Tennessee and is filtered through sugar maple charcoal. This is otherwise known as the Lincoln County process before being aged. Canadian whiskey is made from mixes of grain like corn and rye, making it lighter and smoother. Japanese whiskey is very similar in style to Scotch whiskey, and this is because Japanese pioneers studied in Scotland and they tried to recreate the process at home. Now, this whiskey isn't bound to the same traditions as Scotch, so additives such as vanilla, fruit, honey, and citrus may be added for different flavor variations. Moonshine whiskey in the U.S. is clear corn whiskey and is generally not aged in wooden barrels, and this explains its lack of color and sometimes rough edge. Now, you've probably heard of these two variations of whiskey, single malt versus mixed blend. Um, so single malt whiskeys are the product of one distillery, and they're made from all barley. Blended whiskey is a combination of malt whiskey and grain whiskey. Because the flavor of whiskey will vary by the individual barrel, blending gives distillers more control over how the final product will taste. Now, I do want to note, however, that one misconception of single malt whiskey is that it comes from a single barrel of whiskey. Now, this isn't true. Technically, to an extent, single malt whiskey is blended, but they're blending barrels of the same kind of whiskey. They're blending, as I mentioned before, barley. And also, as I previously mentioned, this blending really, really helps make sure that you have a unified taste across all the bottles of a certain line of whiskey. Now, you might have a lot of, um, shall we call them snobs <laughs> um, in whiskey who say that single malt is the absolute best that you can. Well, actually, in a lot of blind taste testing, mixed, the blended kind of whiskey has been voted as the smoother taste as having the best flavor. So at the end of the day, it's really up to your own personal preference. So now that we've learned all about the history of whiskey and what it's composed of, how do we drink the damn thing? Now, if you're History with alcohol is anything like mine. Growing up and when you are first introduced to purchasing or ordering your drink, there's this sort of pressure or conception that the, quote, manly way to drink whiskey is straight. Uh, you know, you take it neat, which means you want it without ice or water and you want it served at room temperature. Um, there are shots of whiskey that you take. Well, actually, the proper way to taste whiskey, and this comes straight from the distillers and professional taste testers, is to add a bit of water as it will help open up the flavors that might normally be numbed due to the alcohol content. So next time you're at a bar or you're being offered whiskey, do not hesitate if you want to ask for some water, either a splash in the glass or on the side, or even have it poured over the rocks which means served over ice. 
as this will enable you to actually enjoy the flavors of this spirit much more than if you just take it neat or straight. So that's all for this episode of Stuff Explained. I'm now going to enjoy what remains of my Lagavulin single malt scotch whiskey aged nine years. Uh, it's a really cool bottle. This one came in. I highly recommend any of you who enjoy scotch. This is a nice smoky flavor. Go try out Lagavulin. This particular one was a gift. I'm looking at the case for it now. It's a Game of Thrones limited edition House Lannister. Uh, really cool artwork. Um, it's just a, a cool special limited edition model of it. I've had Lagavulin before and really enjoyed it. And uh, also enjoy Double Black from Johnny Walker. So I would really appreciate it if we could build a little bit of a community on this online. Tweet at Motley Experience, M-O-T-L-E-Y-X-P-E-R-I-E-N-C-E. Hashtag Stuff Explained. And talk to me about your favorite whiskeys, scotches, bourbons, etc. And uh, let's see if we can we can share some new and interesting varieties that maybe other people haven't experienced yet or someone who's getting into whiskey for the first time would like to try. I know that next up for me, I'd really like to get more into Japanese whiskeys. I've heard really great things about them. So again, at Motley Experience, hashtag Stuff Explained. See you online. Stuff Explained is written and produced by me, Aristides Marousas. Music is produced by the talented Greg Massey of Retcon Industries. Visit themontleyexperience.com for more thoughtful original content, and you can also find links to the sources used for each episode of Stuff Explained. Like us on Facebook at The Motley Experience. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Motley Experience and use the hashtag Stuff Explained. If you like this episode, leave a review, subscribe, and share with a friend. Thank you for listening.